classes for three nights a week. Lying back, gazing out of the taxi window at the trees of Hyde Park fanning out against a rust-coloured sky, Bella tried to keep calm. From now until her first entrance, she would be in a nervous sweat, stage fright gripping her by the throat like an animal. She deliberately always cut it fine, because it meant that she would be in such a hurry dressing and making up, she wouldn't have time to panic. And yet, ironically, the only time when she felt really secure was when she was on stage, getting inside someone else's personality. The taxi reached the theatre at five past seven. Evening, Tom, said Bella nervously, scuttling past the man at the door. He put down his evening paper and glanced at his watch. Just made it, Miss Parkinson. Here's a letter for you, and there are some more flowers in your room. Not bothering to glance at her letter, Bella bounded upstairs two steps at a time and fell into the dressing room she shared with her best friend, Rosie Hassel, who played Bianca. Late again, said Rosie, who was putting on eye makeup. Roger's been in once already, gnashing his teeth. Bella turned pale. Oh God, I couldn't get a taxi, she lied, throwing her fur coat on a chair and slipping into an overall. I think Freddie Dixon's after me, said Rosie. You think that about everyone, said Bella, slapping grease paint on her face. I don't, and anyway, I'm usually right. I know I am about Freddie. Freddie Dixon was the handsome actor playing Cassio. Both Bella and Rosie had fancied him and been slightly piqued because he'd shown no interest in either of them. You know the clinch we have in the fourth act, said Rosie, pinning on snaky black ringlets to the back of her hair. Well, last night he absolutely crushed me to death, and all through the scene he couldn't keep his hands off me. He's not meant to keep them off, said Bella. I expect Roger told him to act more sexily. Rosie looked smug. That's all you know. Look, you've got more flowers from Master Henrique's, she added, pointing to a huge bunch of lilies of the valley arranged in a jam jar on Bella's dressing table. Oh, how lovely! cried Bella, noticing them for the first time. I wonder what he's on about tonight. Aren't you going to read his letter? said Rosie. Bella penciled in her eyebrow. You can, since you're so nosy, she said. Rosie took the card out of its blue envelope. Dear Bella, she read. That's a bit familiar. It was dear Miss Parkinson last time. Good luck for tonight. I shall be watching you. Yours, Rupert Henriques. He must be crazy about you. That's the eighth time he's seen the play, isn't it? Ninth, said Bella. Must be getting sick of it by now, said Rosie. Perhaps he's doing it for O-levels. Do you think he's that young? Expect so. Or a dirty old man. Nobody decent ever runs after actresses. They've usually got plenty of girls of their own. Bella fished a fly out of her bottle of foundation and had another look at the card. He's got nice writing, though, she said, and Chichester Terrace is quite an okay address. There was a knock on the door. It was Queenie, their dresser, come to help them on with their costumes. A dyed-in-the-wool cockney with orange hair and a cigarette permanently drooping from her scarlet lips, she chatted all the time about the great actresses she'd dressed in the past. Bella, who was sick with nerves by this stage, was quite happy to let her ramble on. Five minutes, please! Five minutes, please! It was the plaintive, echoing voice of the call boy. Bella looked at herself in the mirror. 
her smooth young face belying the torrent of nerves bubbling inside her. Then she sat down on the faded velvet sofa with the broken leg in the corner of the room and waited, clasping her hands in her lap to stop them shaking. Beginners, please! Beginners, please! The sad, echoing voice passed her door again. Rosie, who didn't come on until later, was doing the crossword. Bella took one more look round the dressing room. Even with its bare floor and blacked-out windows, it seemed friendly and familiar, compared with the strange, brightly lit world she was about to enter. Good luck, said Rosie, as she went out of the door. Give Freddy a big kiss. They stood waiting by the open door under a faded orange bulb, Brabrantio, Cassio and herself. Wesley Barrington, who was playing Othello, stood by himself, a huge, handsome black man, six and a half feet tall, as nervous as a cat, pacing up and down, murmuring his lines like an improv.